everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you about our friends at Syringa, Verizon, and Exo customers. If you were recently notified some of your telecommunication services will no longer be supported, contact Syringa Networks, Utah's fastest-growing per, uh, premier telecommunications provider. They have a full range of services. Call today, 385-420-8221. That number again, 385-420-8221. Syringa Networks. Our boy Gabe and the good folks over there at uh, Syringa, they'll take good care of you. Yes, sir. All right, we're going to talk to Howard Beck coming up here momentarily. Of course, Howard writes for the Bleacher Report. Get the lowdown, his thoughts on uh, what he's seen from the Jazz in this past week and what's going on around the rest of the NBA. It's been a wild week it has. in the NBA. Yep. It's, a lot going on. There is Although a lot going on. Although that fight that happened, that was, that was, I'm not sure, that wasn't really a fight. That hug fest? Yeah. yeah. That playground fight <laughs> nice. in West Philadelphia? Nice, Austin. All right, let's get to it. It's time for your NBA Daily Assist. It's time for your NBA Daily Assist. Now, senior NBA writer for Bleacher Report, Howard Beck. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Get $100 off the redesigned Apple Watch 4 with a new line of service. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us. Hi, Howard. Good afternoon, guys. How are you? Yeah, it's good to hear from you, Howard. How you been? Everything all right? Things are good. Yeah, you? Yeah, we're doing well. Oh, Jake, Jake, uh, let me just say this to you, Howard. You know, I, I had never seen him ever, seen him or heard him say anything about being a Washington Nationals fan. And then about two and a half weeks ago, he started wearing this this Nats hat, and he hasn't taken it off since. So I, You're just jealous we won. <laughs> that's it. I don't know. I think he's a bandwagoner, but that's all right. So he's in a good mood. I am in a good mood. There's no doubt about it. Uh, Howard, Gordon and I were just talking about what a wild week it's been uh, in the NBA. What has been the most impactful thing that's happened this week? Oh, my gosh. Um, The most impactful thing. Um, I mean, it may end up being the suspensions from that uh, fight. And I'll put fight in quote marks because, you know, I think we all been around long enough to know what a real NBA fight looks like. And that was just kind of like a, you know little kitty wrestling match. Um, but that said, they were fortunate to have gotten off with only a couple of games each, and there's going to be an impact because, you know, Philly's a team that is, you know, going to be fighting all year for, for seeding and, you know, is, is not going to want to be giving away games, and Embiid is incredibly critical to them, and Minnesota's hoping just to, to get respectable again and, and maybe make a run at the eighth seed, and losing towns for any period of time uh, is obviously incredibly detrimental to that team. So, you know that's on on the negative side. On the positive side, I mean, um, I'll be I'll be be prisoner of the moment here, but I'm I'm standing at Barclays Center where the Rockets and Nets are going to play in a little while here, and I think the, the Rockets off to obviously a really strong start with Harden and Westbrook. I was in you know the the uh, camp of of you know skeptics about that partnership, and I'm I'm still kind of withholding judgment overall, but certainly the early returns for them have been very strong, not just the win-loss, but just the way they've looked on the court. They're, they're um, playing really well together. Westbrook has dialed it back just slightly, but is um, playing at an efficiency level that we have rarely seen him at, and we'll see how that all holds up. So, um, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting, and then uh, you know, obviously, you know, Steph Curry's hand injury is is going to be you know news of the day, news of the week, news of of the foreseeable future because you know uh, you know when a, a top five player goes down, no matter what the Warriors' expectations were this year, that's a uh, a pretty big blow not just for the Warriors but for the NBA and for fans because you know we're we're all going to get robbed of, of seeing him playing for the next three months at least, and then we'll see how they handle it when he gets back and if there's any season really to play for. What do you make of I, I guess the owner out there said there's no way they would ever tank, but uh, what do you think they will do? Because, uh, I mean, they at, as presently constituted, they might win, what, 22 games? Well, look, I mean, uh, here's, the, here's the problem. We, we've all uh, created this paradigm or this this prism that we, we view the NBA through over the last several years where if a team isn't contending – or in the playoffs or in a playoff chase, we immediately consign them to the list of tankers. And it, like, we're, we're all using that word way too cavalierly. Um, there are teams every year that are simply not good enough to win, right? Like the Cavaliers, speaking of cavalierly, the Cavaliers are just not a good team. We're not going to talk about the Cavaliers tanking. They're just, they just don't have great personnel, and they're really young, and they're still kind of picking up the pieces from LeBron leaving a year plus ago. Um, but the like the Warriors, it's not a question of whether they're going to tank. They have a, a a questionable roster, and they had a questionable roster even with Steph Curry healthy. The drop off from him, Draymond Green, and D'Angelo Russell to the rest of that group was steep, and we saw that in those early results and in their first few games. So Steph out doesn't mean that you all of a sudden, well, that's that's it. We're going to cash out. We're going to tank. No, they're 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 going to lose a ton of games just based on what they have and what they don't have. They don't have to try to. They don't have to scheme it. They don't have to um, rest guys or pull other guys. They're just, by based on their roster alone, they're simply not going to be very good, and they're going to lose a lot of games, and they will probably have a, a great lottery position as a result. But it doesn't mean they're tanking. It just means that their roster is not good. And um, now, when Steph is ready to come back, if you decide to, to hold him out, because you don't want to risk it, and you know whether it's his health or whether it's you're now thinking about how it's going to affect your lottery position. Okay, well then that can be fairly called a tanking discussion if it's about whether or not to play him when he's ready. Um, but you know where it affects, say, Clay Thompson. Well, Clay Thompson already was going to be on a very short return if he was going to play at all after that ACL, and most guys don't come back till ten to twelve months, and that would have already left Clay Thompson not playing. So there was. There was never a reason to rush him back, and there certainly isn't now. Um, but I, I don't really think that this has a, a, an effect on how the Warriors are thinking about their season other than whatever hope they had of making the playoffs certainly just went out the window. I like that distinction, Howard, because they can compete honorably and still lose. I mean, and, and, yeah. And, and yeah, and that's okay. So No, we've gotten too cynical, everybody. Howard Beck from the Bleacher Report, of course, with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Howard, the Jazz have started out 4-1, and one, and Mike Conley really had a, a breakout game uh, for the last game against the Clippers. But how, um, I guess, uh, the Jazz able to get off to this start without him playing at his best? That's probably a good sign, right? Certainly a good sign. I mean, look, the only way that it's a negative sign would be if people start to wonder like, or, or observe that, that Mike Conley is, is, is his game or is, is, um, 
his abilities are degrading because he's got a lot of mileage and he's up there in years. Like a guy, a guard gets to this stage of their career, you're always worried about and wondering about when is the season going to be or the week going to be that they just aren't themselves anymore. So the only way to, to paint it in a negative light would be to say, well, our, 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 gee, we're not there yet, are we? I hope we're not there yet. Um, and I don't think that I don't think that's the case, and I haven't heard any murmurings along those lines. Um, but that's you know that's always a concern. I think overall, it's not surprising to me to see that they can win with uh, one of their top players underperforming because that has been the mo of this team the last several years under Quinn Snyder is that you know that they're going to compete their butts off and they're going to play great defense. And if you do those things then you can sometimes get by when your offense isn't that great. And when we're talking about Mike Conley off to a slow start, we're talking about the offensive side of it. So, uh, yeah, to me, this is a a very typical Utah Jazz profile where the offense might not always be there, but they're going to win games just on their grit and on their defense. And, you know, as his game comes around, you're, you're that much better off. Howard, uh, three things about the Jazz. Uh, Rudy Gobert is Rudy Gobert. The second thing is that Boyan Bogdanovich is more a more a more complete player than I think a lot of us thought he was. Uh, not just a spot up shooter, but he can move a little bit and drive to the basket and pass it. And then the third thing is that Donovan Mitchell said he wanted to become more effective, more efficient, and he has done so thus far. Yeah, you know, on the Bogdanovich side of this, if people watched him with the Pacers last year, um, you know, when when Oladipo was not available and Bogdanovich was, you know, really, you know, suddenly the you know, the, the, the a, a main, if, if not the main focal point of the offense, you saw the, those abilities. Like he can score uh, a, a ton. He's not just a shooter. He can score in a variety of ways, and he can handle the ball some. Um, and he just competes, and you know that's why everybody, you know, myself included, thought it was such a great pickup for for the Jazz, and why he fits so well there. And you know, Donovan Mitchell, you know, I, I think the expectations are, are are what we've talked about. That you know, he's he's got the benefit now of, of Mike Conley there to at least take some of the playmaking responsibilities, lift a little bit of that burden, free him to be more of, of you know off the ball player at times and a score. Um, and, you know, I, I, I expect, you know, as this season progresses, we're just going to see, you know, the, him get better and better. And when I say better, I don't, you know, he, we already know what he can do, but I mean more efficient, um, better with the ball in his hands, better decision-making, uh, all the things that, that go into just being a really solid guard in this league. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report with us on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Howard, has anybody start either positive or negative, but has any team start the, thus far this year surprised you? Um, I'm a little surprised at the Kings uh, off to this, this very sluggish start. And, you know, there's a team with a bunch of guys who you count on to be really great shooters, and they're all shooting below their their expectations. Buddy Heald and De'Aaron Fox and, and, and the other Bogdanovich. Um, doesn't help that Marvin Bagley is out again. That's certainly setting you know a setback for them, and I think he's critical to them if they're going to try to make a playoff run. Um, but they also started their preseason in India, and there is often a hangover for teams that start off overseas, especially when you're going that far. And you know Luke Walton has talked about this, and obviously he's a first-year head coach there. He's you know trying to install his own stuff, and they had I think three days to even try to install anything, train and get accustomed to it all before they went off to, to India for that game. And so, uh, 
I, you know, I think the Kings will be fine. I, I think it's a really talented young team, and they'll straighten it out. But I, I think there's, there's, you know, some alarm there. And then uh, back in my own backyard here again, the Nets off to a slow start. Kyrie's been spectacular, but the results have not been there in terms of the wins. And there's a lot of things at work there, I think, not least of which is that they, you know, the defense isn't quite there. They're adjusting to the fact that Kyrie's such a high-usage player. The last couple of years when we've gotten used to this Nets team just being kind of a gritty overachiever, they didn't have any one ball-dominant guy. Even D'Angelo Russell wasn't at that level. And so it's not to say it's a negative necessarily, but it is an adjustment for all these guys. What did you think of the whole mood swing thing with Kyrie Irving and him essentially coming out and saying, "Hey, man, I don't have to, I don't have to please anybody. I'm just going to be me." Well, to start with, the story I think got you know, as it often does in today's media environment, got uh, just exaggerated a bit or just blown out of proportion. I mean. Jackie McMullen, obviously one of the best NBA reporters ever, and her story was about a hundred different things that had nothing to do with Kyrie and his mood. It was more about, and the structure of the story, or the broad strokes of the story, were about Kyrie and Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan and their friendship and where that started and how those three came together to, to join forces on this team. And, you know, along the way, it's also, hey, there is this test of, of you know, Kyrie and the big personality that he is and and how that's going to mesh. And he and Katie both, frankly, mesh with this Nets culture that they built the last couple of years. And so that's, you know, that's the context for the, the story or the, uh, the part about him being moody. Um, look, there are plenty of guys in the NBA who are moody. <laughs> there are plenty of stars who are moody. Um, not all of them necessarily get the same scrutiny, but not all of them have, have, have Kyrie's track record. And, you know, that's something he just has to kind of live with. And, I'm sure he gets tired of it being talked about, and you know. Uh, but I, I, it's not the reason that they're one in three, you know. And the fact the story came out at the time that that this was that their their record was at that point is coincidence, you know. If you read the story, you can see Jackie's been working on this thing for weeks, if not longer, and it happened to pop at a time that they were losing. If they were, you know, three and one or four and zero, oh, you know, the story would be the same content, but people would interpret it differently based on the win loss record. Final question for you, Howard. You mentioned that your observations about the Rockets. Any other thoughts on what you're seeing in the West? Is this uh, you think this is going to end up being about the way you thought it would? Any team that's impressed you or that you think might not be uh, up to the hype that uh, everyone's heard about? What do you think of uh, what's happening out here? I think it's pretty much what we're all anticipating. Like at this point, it's still to me. Lakers and Clippers, Jazz and Nuggets, Rockets, and then there's everybody else. Portland is like, I think, a strong sixth there, but I think it's a true five-way battle, and they're all very, very different teams, and we're not going to really know how they stack up against each other until the games that they play each other or in the spring when they're actually having to win best out of seven against each other. Um, But to me, nothing I've seen so far has dissuaded me from believing that the pecking order – at least at the top, is, is you know is, is what we thought it would be, and I still you know I was one who thought that the Clippers should be the preseason favorite. Um, so far, so good for them. They don't even have Paul George yet, and they've been pretty damn good. Um, but you know we've already seen Kawhi do the load management thing. We don't know how many more games that will be over the course of the season either. So, um, but yeah, I, I think I think so far things are mostly playing to form. Um, even even teams that are like over or underachieving a little bit. 
it's such a small sample size that it's almost laughable to, 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 to judge any of it. Howard, always a pleasure. Enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thanks, good to, man. Hear, good to hear from you again, Howard. Appreciate it, fellas. Great talking to you. Take care. Thanks, Howard. Howard Beck of the Bleacher Report, one of our absolute very favorites. Yeah, uh, he's very uh, he's very good, very insightful. All of our NBA Daily Assist guys are good. Yeah. It certainly highlights not to be missed. All right, we'll have more coming up right around the corner. Jay Drew of the Deseret News, which I'm still getting used to, is going to join us uh, next. Kirk Cragthorpe at 530. What, you look like you've got something on your mind over there. No, What's no going nothing. On? I'm just all ears. Can't wait to talk mm-hmm. to the guys. Usually when you have that look on your face, it means batting down the hatches, something's coming. You all right over there? Yeah, I think I might have had a little gas. Oh. On that note. J- so glad there's glass right here. Jay Drew joins us next. Uh, we want to say thanks to Lee's Heating and Air for sponsoring your NBA Daily Assist. Thanks to those good folks. All right, more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Slow Mo Joe. The Joe Ingles Show with DJ and PK. What do you think of load management in October? I don't like it, but in saying that, I would obviously never judge anybody's personal situation or whatever unless you know what's going on. I've always tried to play every game I possibly could. That's just me. I just would rather play. If I'm healthy, why not play? I think the flip side of that is obviously the fans and the organizations. These people put a lot of money into us playing and spending a lot of money to watch us play. So for me, I feel like I should go out there and try and do the best I can. Oh, yeah. Catch Jazzman Joe Ingles with DJ and PK every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Utah's most listened to sports radio afternoon show. This is The Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding members forward for over 80 years on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Welcome on back. We're going to talk to Jay Drew coming up here momentarily, Gordon, but we want to remind you about our friends at Diamond Airport Parking. Fantastic rates, free car washes, 24-7 shuttle service, detail, oil changes, and glass repair while you're away. Diamond Airport Parking with the best rewards program in Utah. Only valet service in Utah. Park, ride, and save just off I-80 and Redwood Road, Diamond Airport Parking. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Lease any handset and get an iPad for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Makes the magic happen at the Deseret News covering BYU. He is our good friend Jay Drew. Hi, Jay. Good afternoon, guys. So, Jay, are you ready uh, for your trip up to the isolated wasteland that is Logan? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just glad I'm going to be in the press box. Let's put it that way. We, we got uh, some nice run out of your MLP comments uh, yesterday. Yeah, MLPs from up that way, and uh, tried to explain to everybody yesterday what the uh, what, where all the hatred comes from. Which I guess uh, I guess you can buy into that if you want. It was one of those things where I think he was trying to be nice. <laughs> Jay, uh, what, what do you make of this matchup? Treetop it for us a little bit. What are you expecting to see? 
Yeah, it's really going to be, it's kind of unpredictable, really, with the way BYU's played and the way Utah State's played uh, up until, you know, last week when they were steamrolled by Air Force. So um, I think it's going to be another kind of classic BYU-Utah State game, probably go down to the wire. Both teams look fairly evenly matched. Um, I think Utah State has a pretty good edge at quarterback, obviously, with Jordan Love, and, and so that probably gives them a little edge. Um, BYU has struggled to play well in the fourth quarter. They've been outscored 42-0 to zero in the fourth quarter the last three games, haven't scored in the fourth quarter since the USC game. So um, they've got a lot of issues on that, that way. But it's still, I, I think it'll be a close game. I think it'll probably go down to the wire. Jay Drew with us on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone covers the Cougs for the Des News. And uh, Jay, talk about the running game a little bit. Both teams uh, kind of vulnerable against the run, maybe BYU a little more so. But, uh, you know, Katoa and you're looking at uh, Finau, are they going to have the, uh, I mean, are they going to have big games, I guess? Yeah, they should do okay. I I mean, they'll they'll probably have Emmanuel Asupa back as well. So, uh he didn't play much against um, Boise State. I, you know, I don't know. If you look at Air Force is just such a different animal and just the way they run the triple option, I don't know if you can really go off of that and say Utah State is bad against the run just, you know, because Air Force pretty much does that to everybody. So um, I, think, I think the Cougars will have a little bit of tough time running the ball. I think they're still going to have to pass the ball to, to win tomorrow night. Um, which, uh, you know, puts an onus on, it'll probably be Jaron Hall. I mean, they're not obviously saying who it'll be, but but uh, I think Jaron Hall, if BYU were to win, I think he's going to have to win it for him. Which one of those two quarterbacks do you like the best? Well, I think Jaron Hall won the backup job behind Zach Wilson for a reason, and uh, they identified that way back in spring ball where he got most of the reps with Wilson out and, and then carrying on into fall ball. So I think he gives them the better chance to win. I think he's a, I think they're pretty even throwing the ball. I think Jaron Hall is a better runner. I think Baylor Romney showed he might have a little bit better pocket presence um, and uh, can avoid sacks and, and kind of can fill the rush a little bit like he showed against Boise State. So they both have their strong points, but I, I just think Jaron Hall is the guy that makes you more – uh, multi-dimensional, and, and I think they're going to need that to, to beat the Aggies. Jay, uh, have you heard anything recently about uh, Kalani Sataki's job security? Have you gotten wind of, of how hot his seat really is? Not really. I mean, I think beating Boise State kind of uh, bought him some time as far as the, you know, the hounds being on his trail, so to speak. Um you know, Tom Homo really hasn't spoken to the media in, in eons, uh, so we really don't know what he's thinking, and my guess is he wouldn't tell us anyway. But, uh, so, yeah, to answer your question, no, I, nothing really new. I just know that, you know, that win over Boise State, beating a, one of their three rivals uh, who was undefeated and number 14 in the country, has to, you know, it can't hurt him. It's got to help him in some way. 
Jay Jordan Love uh, is a talented quarterback, uh, has had some struggles this year uh, here and there. But uh, my question to you is, what can BYU do to stir a stronger pass rush? Yeah, I think uh, they haven't had a good pass rush this year. A lot of times they haven't really tried. They've dropped eight. I think he'll pick them apart if if they drop eight. I think they got to put some pressure on him and – get up in his face and make him like Air Force did, make him make the difficult throws. And then they also have to contain him, which has been another problem they've had this year. Uh, They did a reasonable job uh, containing Boise State's quarterback, but if you were to look at the South Florida and Toledo losses, and and besides the fact that BYU couldn't stop the run, their biggest problem was they couldn't stop the quarterback. They couldn't contain him. They couldn't stop him on third and long from picking up first downs and prolonging drives. So I think they're going to have to figure out a way to contain Jordan Love and uh, make him a, a, only a thrower if they're, if they're going to slow him down. Jay Drew of the Deseret News with us, covers uh, BYU for the Des News. Jay, the last three games, Boise State game included, BYU has run out of gas in the fourth quarter. Uh, is that something to be concerned about, or why do you think that is? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh Offensively, I think they get conservative a little bit, a little too much, and start trying to maybe milk. milk. They've had leads, obviously, in all three of those games. Um, I don't think they're poorly conditioned. I, don't, I think they're as well-conditioned as any other team. So it's really hard to put your finger on. But I think if you were to look at subtle things, you would probably look at the play calling getting maybe a little – a little uh, more conservative on both sides. I think defense, like I was saying, they they drop back into that bend but don't break eight man drop defense, and teams have been able to, you know, pick up yards on them and and pick up first downs and and, and keep the ball out of their hands. So, what do you think the nature of this game will be, Jay? Do you expect to see a lot of points scored, or will it be sort of a struggle? I think it'll be kind of a defensive struggle, just. I think it's going to be really cold. I think, uh, as you see, kind of like with the BYU-Utah game, I think I think both coaching staffs kind of try to avoid turnovers at all costs. And, and so I I don't think you're going to see a lot of, uh, you know, throwing big big plays downfield, that sort of thing. So I, I think most of them are going to play it close to the vest, try to control the ball. And so I, I think it's probably a score in the 20s. All right, Jay, just one more question for me, and Gordon might have another, but but my final question for you, you've recently switched newsrooms. You've gone from the Salt Lake Tribune, and now you're over there at the Deseret News. So my question for you is, from an ego standpoint, who is the Gordon Monson of the Deseret News? (laughs) Oh, boy. Uh, I don't know. Let me think. Um, I don't know. I uh, that's a tough one. Um, they're all uh, good guys at the Tribune, and they're all good guys over at the Deseret News. So, thank you, and, Jay. Thank so you. That's hard. To, I can't really. I can't. I, I'd have to think about that one for a while. I'll have to take a pass on that one. I think I should say thank you. I'm, <laughs> maybe I should punch Jay. Jay, he's the one that uh, deserves it. Uh, maybe. Uh, Jay, hey, enjoy the game tomorrow. We really appreciate a, a few moments of your wisdom to come on and preview this one for us. Thank you, man. You bet, guys. Have a great night. You too. Jay Drew of the Deseret News. What was that? What do you mean, what was that? I was what curious. What was that? I was curious.
Okay, look. First of all, you know I'm not a big ego guy. So why do you sure. why, why, why why do you paint me into this character? I'm that... Gordon Monsey. <laughs> Come on, it's all shtick. It's not real. Yeah, sure. I'm I'm painting you that way. Yeah. <clears throat> that was a funny question. Come on. <laughs> Yeah, but Jay took it seriously there for a while. Like, <laughs> he did for a minute. And then he? when the person di- couldn't find my credential, I said, don't you know who I am? Mm. That's not mm. what I said. That is not. That has been edited. That, nope. Yes, it has. Hand, hand uh, to heaven has not. That, <laughs> I promise. Yeah, but that's not. I was, I was exaggerating the point. I wasn't. You said those serious. words in that order. Mm. <laughs> cool. Okay. And then when the person di- couldn't find my credential, I said, don't you know who I am? Mm. I'm Gordon Monsey. Mm. I was... Uh, of the SL trip. That was self- <laughs> I lived in L.A. That was self <laughs> I've been to the Playboy Mansion. <laughs> that was a self pay. I know John Wooden. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. I wrote Foxcatcher before the, they wrote it. The problem with you saying those kinds of things... As you've said them before. Is that, ...is that people think you're being serious. You know? Huh. It, mm. <laughs> They do. <laughs> that's not. That's not the way it is, folks. Really, don't don't uh, don't believe this stuff. I would have thought, you know, he would have pulled out a name at least, you know, Genesee or or Facer. <laughs> he couldn't find anybody to match the massive ego. Right. That's what I'm saying. Maybe Jason this Lee. He's so back on true. the sports side for uh, for a little this bit. Is so not true. I mean, but the problem is I can't defend myself because I can't say, no, no, I'm really humble because then that would be a brag. You're right? bragging about being humble. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, and that would be so wholly untrue. I should, just, I, should just, <laughs> I should just take my medicine and shut up. My good friend Don Sterling, who happens to be an executive with the Jazz, I did get an invitation to go to the Playboy Man. I did meet Hugh. Oh, unbelievably nice. I got a phone call from Donald Sterling's executive who said, Donald really liked something you wrote, and he wants to invite you to a Clippers game to sit on the front row and go to dinner beforehand with him. I got a letter from Casey Case discussing something I had written. He said, I'm a fan, and I really enjoyed this. It was really, really good. I'm I'm Gordon Monsey. Yeah, you're you're humble, all right. A model of humility. I really am. I am. I just. I, I don't know. I don't know what all that just was. <laughs> but it's just not a true representation. There, there was a lot of it, though. <laughs> was it edited? <laughs> all right, stay tuned. Oh, man. Yeah, but when when you do this for three or four decades, you know, you're bound to say something. Bound to build up a. A cavernous ego? Is that <laughs> <laughs> he bragged about how long he's been doing this? Cavernous. Stay tuned. We got the Not Sports Port next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Don't you know who I am? Take The Zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of The Zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo. Wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280, The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. Burning fires, burning lies on 
Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Austin, that was the second Peter, Paul, and Mary joke I've heard you make today. <laughs> Welcome on back. Time for the Not Sports Report, brought to you by, as always, the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Get to big green dealerships where they'll save you thousands, LHM Used Car Supermarket. All right, Gordo, where are we going today? I got two little tidbits for today's Not Sports Report. The first one is I saw a story that was asking people what their favorite movie of all time is. Let me change that a little bit and ask you guys, if you were going to be stranded on a desert island, you're not going to starve to death. There's food and there's water there. Okay. But just you on that island and you have one movie to watch and inherent in that is that you're going to watch it probably five or six times, Mm -hmm. uh, what movie would you want to have with you? See, this is way easier than my favorite movie of all time because it would be Major League that we talked about earlier. you want to laugh. You want to be entertained. Yeah, and I've already seen it 150 times, (laughs) and it still makes me laugh every time. Austin? Oh, that you may have just made me want to pick a different one because that's an interesting way to go about it. It's not your favorite of all time. No. Well, that was one thing. But it's one you could watch over and over and over. Right. When I made the rules for the question, that was something that that came to mind. But would people go for the comedy because they want to laugh? But you also want to watch something that you can, that will sit with you well over and over again. Gal, well, uh, I I'll still stay. I'll still say my favorite movie of all time, but it's not an upbeat film. So maybe I would get sick of it, but I have watched it over and over and over again. That's Shawshank Redemption. Huh? Yeah, but see that I would think though, if you're right, yeah, it might be a bit of a bit of a downer. Plus, that's that's a, a movie about escaping, and you're on a place <laughs> that you cannot escape. Yeah, that's yeah. The irony there. I didn't think this through. The irony there might be a little troubling. I was expecting him to say Castaway. Well, give him some tips on how to survive. <laughs> Hopefully, there's a FedEx truck that just happens to wash ashore. Yeah, you know what I would go? Ice with? skate. I think I would go with Gladiator because that movie is kind of uplifting at the end. Whether you live when or he die. dies. Spoiler, Spoiler alert! alert. Uh, but that movie from like 2000 or something. Yep. It's yes. been 20 years. We don't need to really. Do that, but uh, a little gun shy now because of what happened uh, earlier in the week. Well, and and again, well, I gave away the ending to Game oh, of yeah. Thrones. But and again, you're watching a movie about somebody who's trying fighting for their freedom. You know that <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be that wouldn't be yeah, really depressing be, when you're isolated on an island and you can't have your own freedom. Yeah, but he dies honorably, and uh, and it's uh, and the the implication there is that he's going home to his uh, his wife and child after dying after finally becoming free. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> the gotta, sweet release of death. Jake. <laughs> All right. Uh, And then there's this. A 48-year-old man went to a doctor because he he had ongoing sinus infections Mm -hmm. just frequently and couldn't get over that fact. Have you ever had that? Every uh, season change, don't you have some sort of sinus thing going on? I usually bump into a sinus thing a couple times a year, yeah. I I get it every spring real bad. But Uh that sinus cleanse keeps it pretty good. (laughs) All right. Well... This guy went into the doctor, and as it turned out, he had 
a bag of marijuana jammed into his nasal cavity. What? And he didn't know? And he didn't know. How'd it get in there? Well, apparently uh, it had been there for 18 years. <laughs> but this isn't real. No, it's real. This is not real. It had been there for 18 years. It was like a little balloon, a little balloon. And he had thought that he had... Anyway, this is the way it happened. Uh, his girlfriend brought it to him when he was in prison. And he jammed it up his nose to hide it. And then forgot about it? Well, he he, he got in there. Where did I put that? <laughs> Achoo! He thought he swallowed it. But it was jammed up in that nasal cavity, way up there high. And when he went to the doctor, they they discovered it. 18 years. Did he get a, a possession citation? <laughs> no, he used it as a medical No, because thing he, was, now, he huh? was out of the prison by then. No, he, I know, but it's still not legal most places to what, possess the marijuana. Would arrest you? He was using it for his sinus infection, Jake. <laughs> 18 uh, years. I'm pretty sure the doctors are required to report legal stuff. Are they really? Yeah. Like if you uh, if you show up with like a gunshot wound or whatever, they have to call the police. Yeah, but in a lot of states, isn't marijuana all right now? Well, that's what I'm saying. In a, in a state where it's still illegal, did he get a possession ticket? Because that would be pretty awful. Well, you go into the doctor, you say, Doc, I got this cold. And he goes, no, you don't. You got marijuana up your nose. Hmm. thought that was somewhat unusual. Rather have it in my nose than where Robert Whaley put it. Okay. And where was that? Don't you remember that story? Where did he put it? Uh, Let's see. He uh, keistered it, I believe, is (laughs) is the term that that folks use. Between his uh, cheek and gum? Something like that. Why do you have to take it further? (laughs) Why is that necessary? You just said he keistered it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) (laughs) And then you think I took it further? You did. It's true. It's been a not, it's been a fun ten year run here. <laughs> All right, we'll have more coming up next. Uh, we'll talk a little jazz a basketball. In, uh, never mind. Uh, we'll talk jazz basketball coming up next. Kurt Cragthorpe covers the Utes for the Trib. He'll join us at five thirty. Stay tuned. Big Show ninety seven five and twelve eighty the Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Donovan Mitchell talked about how Rudy lost. Is this about as focused as any team you've had a chance to be around? Not as focused as a French national team, but. Ah, you lost. <laughs> That sounded like you in what? the background. <laughs> you lost! That is you! It was not me! Okay, play it again, and then Tony, you do it again. <laughs> you lost! <laughs> you lost! It's you. And you're trying to pass it off as Donovan. Uh, uh, you're trying to place a chasm between the two cornerstone pieces of the Utah Jazz. <laughs> and you, like, pointed Donovan, who was him. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm so far down there, Rudy's like, who said that? <laughs> like, and they looked well, at me, me, and I was just like, pointing at Donovan. guy, guy in the towel. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network.